0: psalms 23 a psalm of david the lord is my shepherd i have all that i need he lets me rest in green meadows he leads me beside peaceful streams he renews my strength he guides me along right paths bringing honor to his name Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.
1: Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today for Belltown Church Online. Literally just the greatest honor to have you wherever you are at, whether you are in Belltown or you are beyond. Man, we are just so grateful that you are worshiping with us, that you are pursuing Jesus with us. We're going to start our teaching today. We uh, We have started a new teaching series called The Shepherd, and Pastor Hannah, my wife, man, she brought it a few weeks ago as she taught on the shepherd in the struggle if you didn't watch it go back and watch it it's on our youtube you it's one of those must watch one of those must learn from teaching so go back i'm continuing in our second installment called our shepherd in unrest our un, our shepherd in unrest And I'm just going to cover the second verse of the 23rd Psalm. The second verse in the 23rd Psalm. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He lets me rest in green meadows. And he leads me beside peaceful streams. Come on, would you pray with me today? Holy Spirit, thank you for for pursuing us in worship. Thank you for being good. Thank you for being just. Thank you for being near. Holy Spirit, I pray in these next few moments that you would do what only you could do. Open up our eyes to see you. Open up our ears to hear you. Lord, we want to be more like you. We want to see our shepherd, Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. I mean, I don't know about you, but do you ever remember going to the doctor's office? You know, some of us have horror stories and to this day we ha- are ridden with the anxiety of, you know, just thinking about having to visit the doctor's office. Man, I, I, I visited the doctor's office quite a lot because I have immune issues but man I've had good experiences you know as a whole but I remember you know going to the doctor's office as a kid they would always do the checkup you know the normal procedures where they they would you know take our the pressure they put that thing around your arm and it would squeeze around your arm man I just love that part it just feels like a tight massage just for a few seconds and then they would take your temperature now I don't know about you but Taking temperatures has changed quite a bit, you know. Uh, I remember when I was a kid there was those paper temperatures. you know they would they would unwrap that thing almost like a band-aid and they would stick it under your tongue and it would like the, the, the thing that would go under your tongue is, is, it was ri- it was rigid and it would, you could kind of feel the rigid part under your tongue and you have to wait. But I remember the struggle of those, those things that would take our temperatures, those, those thermometers. Man, I remember just the struggle of that because oftentimes when I would go to this to the doctors, I was I was sick and I had you know ear infections a lot, which would cause sinus infections, so I couldn't breathe outside my nose. Therefore, I could you know I couldn't even breathe out of my mouth. So I'm supposed to keep this you know this thermometer, this paper thermometer thing under my tongue and not open up my mouth so I can get an accurate reading of my temperature. Man, the struggle. And then, you know, it, it went on from, you know, paper thermometers to those, those kind of ones where they would, you know, swab it over your head. And, you know, if you were sweaty or whatever, just, you know, get inaccurate thermometers. And now we live in a day and age to where thermometers are, you know, there's they're, they're, they're so advanced. They're so advanced. You know, thermometers, perpetrances of thermometers has skyrocketed. In light of COVID 19. And there's so many articles, there's so many articles written about thermometers in light of COVID-19. In the New York Times, there's an article of hope, and it the article is entitled Can This Thermometer Help America Reopen Safely? Man, that article is all about how thermometers might be our hope to reopen it. You know, there's articles of controversy, so many articles of controversy revolving around thermometers. In the Wall Street Journal, there's an article uh, entitled, Temperature checks raise privacy concerns as Europeans return to offices. There's controversy around thermometers. Man, there are countless, countless articles in almost every newspaper, whether local or global, about the best thermometer to buy, whether it's in home or in office or in your business, whatever it may be, there's just, man, thermometers is the talk of this moment. Now, have you ever heard of a barometer? Do you even know the difference between a thermometer and a barometer? Well, a thermometer is a, is a scientific instrument that measures temperature. Whereas a barometer is a scientific instrument that is used to measure exterior pressure in a specific environment. I'm going to say that again. A barometer is a specific instrument that is used to measure exterior pressure in a specific environment. Now, if you look carefully at the environment of our recent moment, you know, the arrival of 2020, you know, the, 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 the introduction of, of COVID-19 as being almost the, the new cultural moment for the globe to the political unrest that we had not only seen in America, but really the rally cry of justice around the world. And if you kind of look carefully at the environment of this moment, this, the environment of this moment, is, it, it's intense, it's, it's chaotic, it's full of rage, it comes full of heavy external pressure. If I were to survey your soul from the cultural pressure of this moment with this spiritual barometer, If I can say that, what would be the results of your soul in light of today's pressure? In other words, how's your soul doing? How is your soul heavy? Has anybody asked you how how, how, how your soul is doing? Not just, you know, the casual, you know, walking by each other. Hey, how you doing? that type of, you know, shallow gab uh, that shallow that shallow, you know, um, exchange. But the deeper question of, man, how are you really how's your soul doing? You know, when it comes to COVID-19, there's there's still no cures out. And we live in the most advanced moment of, you know, advanced technological technological moment of our day, and still we have yet to find a cure. When we do find a cure, what we have to realize is that that cure will only be temporary. It'll only be for the virus of COVID. Here's my point, is what our souls need is not a quick fix. What our souls need is not a temporary cure. What our soul needs is something that transcends this world. Something that's eternal, not temporal. Something that is inclusive of all humanity, not exclusive towards some people. It's holistic in remedy, not partial in remedy. You see, Psalm 23 Hear me now. Psalm 23 is a, is a spiritual barometer of sorts. I love this. You see, Psalm 23, as we read it, it reads our soul. It takes, it takes measure of the external pressures of our soul to see what is the measurement of, 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 of our, our well-being, of our holistic flourishing. And Psalm 23, it not only gauges the environment of our soul in the midst of this cultural moment of unrest, but Psalm 23 also provides transcendent remedy for humanity. I love verse 1 of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And Pastor Hannah, man, she knocked it out of the park when she talked about Jesus in the struggle or our shepherd in the struggle. You know, needs aren't necessarily satisfied by things of this world, whether it's worldly riches or worldly uh, titles or whatever it may be. None of those things will truly satisfy our soul. The thing that will truly satisfy our soul is our shepherd, the presence of Jesus. And verse 1 of Psalm 23 is almost like the barometer. It's like the spiritual barometer of our soul. At Psalm 23, it weighs on our soul as an environmental pressure to kind of read what's taking place inside the environment, the culture of our soul. In Psalm 23, verse 2, it goes on and it reads and it says, He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. So in light of his presence being all that I need, it's his very presence that leads me. Come on. It's his very presence that leads me to rest in green meadows. It's it's his very presence that leads me beside peaceful streams. You see, the direct result of a presence personal immersion in the environment of of the presence of the spirit of our shepherd will produce a transcendent environment of soul. And that environment of soul is an environment where our shepherd lets you and I rest in green meadows and leads you and I beside peaceful streams. One thing that I love about this psalm is that we see the grace of our shepherd. We see the shepherd's grace. We see the shepherd's grace. It says that he leads us. He guides us. That it is our shepherd that is bringing us and ushering us and leading us and teaching us to reside in green meadows and to reside beside peaceful streams this is the grace of our shepherd we can't confuse the mercy and we can't confuse the mercy of our shepherd from the grace of our shepherd you see the mercy of our shepherd is simply this not getting what we deserve Mercy, mercy of God is not getting what we deserve. But the grace of our God or the grace of our shepherd is getting what we don't deserve. And specifically to the grace of our shepherd, the grace of our shepherd is, is the shepherd doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. Think about that. The shepherd's grace Is the shepherd doing for what you and I cannot do for our soul? This is good news tonight. This is good news today. That the shepherd, he leads us where he knows is best for us. He leads us to places that are better than we could ever ask, dream, or imagine. This is the good news of the gospel, that God doesn't want to just lead us into salvation. He wants to lead us into abundance. He doesn't want to just lead us into green meadows. He wants to lead us into peaceful streams. That It's the grace of our shepherd that does That does for you and I what we cannot do for ourselves Hear me today in this moment of COVID-19, in this moment of social and racial unjust, and in this moment of predict—I mean, of, of the soon-and-coming presidential election. Hear me now. Our shepherd is knocking on the doors of our hearts. He's trying to lead us and beckon our souls. He's trying to lead us into his grace. He's trying to beckon us so that he can do for you and I what we can't do for you and I. This is good news. So what is it? What is the leading of our our, our shepherd look like? What does that what does that grace of our shepherd actually look like? Well Psalm. 23 Verse 2 says that it looks like green meadows. Looks like green meadows. Now we have to understand in context. That David, King David, the psalmist who wrote Psalm 23, most likely wrote this at the end of his life. And toward the end of his life, he lost all riches. He lost all fame. He was most likely a cave wanderer at this moment. So rather than living in green meadows, his own circumstance, his own current environment, His own cultural moment of the cultural moment of Psalm 23 was lacking green meadows. Yet it is in that moment that David writes, Our shepherd leads me into green meadows. Well, or rather, our shepherd lets me rest in green meadows. What is what, it, what, what does that mean? That he, our shepherd, lets me rest in green meadows. The original language of he lets me is, is better translated as he comes alongside me. I love that. That our shepherd, he comes alongside us as the great shepherd as if we were, you know, sheep. And he comes alongside us as the green shepherd. And he comes alongside us to lead us. And where does our where does our shepherd lead us? He leads us to green meadows. This is very important because where a shepherd leads his sheep ultimately reflects the heart of the shepherd. You have to catch this today. Is that if, our, if there was an evil shepherd, he wouldn't care about his own sheep. He would he would just be lazy or negligent about his sheep. He would just do his job haphazardly. Yet, when the Bible speaks of our very own shepherd, it speaks, of, it speaks of his own heart that he leads us to green meadows. In other words, the vision of the shepherd's heart, it plays out, it manifests in where he leads his sheep. The vision of the shepherd's heart, it manifests into he leads his sheep. And where does he lead his sheep? Into green meadows. The original language for, for this idea of rest, the Hebrew tells us that, it, that it's more accurately translated as, as, as habitation or home. I love this. So the shepherd comes alongside me, and as the shepherd comes alongside me, I find habitation. I find home is your soul homesick is your soul lost is your soul lacking in home Psalm 23 verse 2 it would open up and it would say he he comes alongside us to be our very our very habitation, our very home. And then it goes on and it talks about green meadows that he comes alongside us to be our habitation. And as he leads us as our habitation, or our home, he leads us into green meadows. You know, if you were to talk to any ancient Israelite, if you were to go to Israel today, talk to any shepherd, whether they were an ancient shepherd or a shepherd of today, the thing that will represent security and flourishing for their flock of sheep would be green meadows. I love this, that our shepherd, he longs for the very thing. He longs for the very thing for our soul, so much so that he allows us, he leads us into restful places. He comes alongside us to lead us. So that as his presence is lead us, we feel, leads us, we feel at home with them. And he leads us into places to where we will find flourishing of soul. Flourishing of soul. I I read in a book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It's this book called Philip, Keller, uh, It was his, his book written by Philip Keller. And Philip Keller himself served as a shepherd for many years. And Philip Keller says there are four things that need to take place in order for sheep to lay down and rest in green meadows. Super insightful. The four things that he said were this, that there, there needs to be freedom from fear, that there needs to be freedom, uh, freedom from fear, that there needs to be freedom from friction within the flock. There needs to be freedom from parasites, so parasites within their sheep, so proper nourishment, in other words. and, And there needs to be freedom from starvation, freedom from hunger, that in order for a flock of sheep to rest in the green meadows, that they need to have no fear from predators. That there needs to be no friction within the flock. That there is, soul, there is this nour- proper nourishment within the inwards of this, the, the, the sheep. And that the sheep themselves will not rest in green meadows if they are starved. Hear me today. Our shepherd in Jesus, he comes and he says, I have come to give you freedom from any type of fear from your enemies. For I have defeated your enemies. He's saying, I have come to be the very unity, the cohesion between you and others within the church. I have come to offer you. Offer you today. I've come to offer you healing. And balm for the very aches and the unrest of your soul. And I've come to satisfy your hunger. The world will never satisfy you and I's hunger, but Jesus alone offers us satisfaction. This is good news. So he not only leads me into green meadows, but that it's the scripture says that he leads me beside. Peaceful streams, He leads me beside peaceful streams. How many of you long for peaceful streams within your soul? In what capacity, what would you give to have peaceful streams to flow within your soul? I love this passage. The original language, again, this one makes me so excited. Lean in a little bit. Listen to this. The original language for He leads me is this compound where it's Nahal, and it means to bring or lead to or carry to. I love this. And then peaceful. This word peaceful is Manuka. And Manuka is not just peaceful places, but it, uh, not peaceful streams. It's, it's resting place. It's a place to where you could you could you could take your shoes off and rest. In other words, it's another way, it's another form of home, of habitation with the Lord. And then waters, you know, they, they, they represent spiritual nourishment. So friends, listen in. Our shepherd in Jesus, he carries you and I to resting places of nourishment. Man, that makes me excited. Our shepherd carries you and I to resting places of nourishment. This is the grace of God. Stop trying to earn resting places of nourishment. Stop trying to discover in the world resting places of nourishment. You know, here in Seattle, there is a massive... Kayak and bike shortage since the, uh, the 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 kind of the start of COVID nineteen the spread of COVID nineteen, and you know everyone was locked down. You know the stay at home order, and all of a sudden you know when when our governor started to open up the state little by little, people started to buy bikes and started to buy kayaks because they wanted to get out. Why? Because honestly, their soul. Their soul is searching for peaceful stream, But I have good news for you today. Jesus has come to offer you peaceful streams. In Jesus, he is saying to us by his spirit, look no longer. I am here. I want to carry you to peaceful streams. I'm going to do the effort if you would allow me. I am inviting your soul so that I'm inviting your soul to allow me, your good shepherd, to carry you, carry you beside peaceful streams to resting places of peace. I love this. Resting places of nourishment. You know, I'm a Pacific Islander and, you know, us Pacific Islanders, we know how to party, y'all. Like, we know how to party. I remember going to parties and the typical party in the summertime were hundreds of people. I remember, you know, yearly annual gatherings were for Pacific Islanders. There would be hundreds, literally over a thousand people gathered. It was nuts. And as as a little kid, I grew up in that. So, you know, just imagine a summer day. You know, on a summer day, I'm out in the cool, not in the cool, sorry. I'm out in the hot and I'm running around with all of my cousins and all my friends that I have made. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm running out, having the greatest time out there. I'm thirsty as heck. All that the Islanders served, you know, back then were sodas. So, you know, soda naturally makes your body more thirsty. So I was so thirsty and we would eat and party. Islanders, man, we know how to eat. We know how to eat. So I would I would eat and then I'd go back out to play, and I, I I would be spent at the end of a party, an island Pacific Islander party. I'd be spent, ma'am. Then when we get back in the car to drive back home, I'm exhausted. Instantly, I just fall asleep. I crash. I'm so tired, so so tired. Crash all the way home. We get home. I don't even remember to get home. And the next thing I remember. I, uh the next thing I remember, I'm, I'm, I'm being carried on the shoulder of my mom or my dad or one of my older siblings. And, and I'm carried to a resting place, my bed. Do you remember that feeling of being carried carried to your bed as a kid? I don't have many memories at all. If you know me and you're from Belltown Church, you know I have a, I have a terrible memory. But I will never forget the moment. It was almost like my soul was marked in, that, in my childhood, alluring me to the, to the reality that our good shepherd longs to carry us. He longs to, remember grace he longs to do what we can't do for ourselves. He longs to bring us. He longs to carry us. He longs to lead us as a good shepherd into resting places of nourishment. Is your soul dry? Is your soul parched today? Is your soul longing for resting places of nourishment? Hear the the word cry out to you today. That our shepherd in Jesus longs. He's inviting you. He's inviting you that you would allow him to carry you to places that you will never ever be able to go yourself. And that in those places in this world, but also in the, in a, in the kingdom of God, that our Shepherd Jesus will do for you and I what we can't do for ourselves. All right, Joey, it's all great. How do we practice those? How do we practically? How do we practically live out rest in this moment of? On rest. The first thing that we need to trust more and more in our shepherd. We need to trust more and more in our shepherd. Oftentimes, the greatest, if we were to put a barometer up to your soul or to another soul, the greatest measurement of that person's. A barometer of soul that is reading, lacking rest and lacking nourishment and lacking the things of our Good Shepherd, the greatest measurement oftentimes is lack of trust. I love the scripture Proverbs 3, 5, 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. My goodness, seek His will in all you do. Not your own will, not the will of the American narrative. Seek His will in all that you do, and He will show you which path to take. If you want to be a person that practices toward rest, we need to trust more and more in Jesus, our shepherd. In the last practical thing that you and I can do is to continually nourish our soul. And this means that within our own free will, we we get to choose. We get to determine. We get to cultivate the very fire and passion for God. I love, I love one of the old Psalms and it says, As the deer pants for the water." So my soul longs for you. As the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. In other words, David the psalmist, he was saying, My soul is parched and I need you, O shepherd, to lead me, to carry me. To carry me to, to resting places of nourishment. But we have to come from the very place to say, Shepherd, do it in me. Lead me. And that requires our, our continual nourishment of our soul. Well, what does that practically look like? What, is, what does it mean to practically uh, nourish our soul on a continual basis? Well, friends, it means that we, we meditate on scriptures, that we pray. Not only do we pray for ourselves, but we pray for others. We pray for the kingdom of God to invade heaven. I mean, to invade earth just as it is in heaven. We pursue Jesus in worship. That we not only come and we engage scriptures and we pray, but that we go and we run after him with all that we are so that we might encounter his presence, that we practice Sabbath keeping. My goodness. We practice Sabbath keeping. There is no greater measurement for your trust in God than you taking a Sabbath. The Bible says rest six days and allow God to do continue your work on the seventh day. So we have six days out of the week to work and to grind and to, and to, to, to do all the things that God has, has placed on our hearts. But in that seventh day, God is inviting us into his Sabbath rest. And his Sabbath rest isn't idle work. His Sabbath rest isn't lazy work. His, his Sabbath work is his, is, is his grace work. It's what He will continue to do while we rest in Him. The ministry of Jesus was... You know, the not only the ministry of Jesus, but the life of Jesus consumed all of these things. Jesus continued to go to church. He went to the temple every single week. Jesus he meditated on the scriptures. So Jesus read the Bible, Jesus prayed. He often withdrew to pray to his father. Jesus prayed. Jesus often was pursuing and in line with the, 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 the presence of the Spirit that he was practicing worship. That Jesus Practice Sabbath keeping. And not only that, but Jesus. He, he did justice and he showed mercy. He fought for those who couldn't fight for themselves. He stood up for those who couldn't stand up for themselves. He often went into the places that were unwelcome by, by, by the religious, but yet he stood in those places with justice and with mercy. And that is the way that he served. You and I love where Jesus said, the healthy don't need a doctor, it's the sick that need a doctor. And so Jesus came and he gave his life as a way to serve. And in the same way we go and we serve and we do justice and we sh- and we show mercy. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams. He lets me rest in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams. Our great shepherd wants to bring us spiritual nourishment and rest for our souls in a moment of great unrest. This is our shepherd in a moment of unrest. We're gonna to go to a time of 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 worship, and we're gonna sing out this this song called this song called "King of My Heart." And there's no greater way for us to practice trust than to sing. You are the King of my heart. You are the King of my heart. You are good. You are a good King. You are the King of my heart. So right now, would you just? Prepare your hearts. Stop all distractions. If you feel comfortable, just get on your knees, lift your hands, put your hands out in front of you, and and, and allow Jesus, our shepherd, to lead you into rest in this moment of great unrest.
2: sing out and worship together this time. Let's remember the goodness of God and how he's never given up on us and that he never will. And Let's just press in deeper and let's draw closer to his spirit. Lord, we just, we love you so, so much. Let your spirit come and your will be done in this place. We praise your mighty, mighty name. Sing this out. Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he's my soul. Let the King of my heart be the shadow.
1: our great shepherd, thank you. Thank you for being good, thank you for being grace. Thank you for doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. And so by your grace, Jesus, we are asking that you would let us rest in green meadows. You would come beside us and you would let us rest, God. On the other side of the screen, wherever someone needs green meadows of soul God I pray right now by your spirit that you would let them rest in flourishing and Jesus we not only ask that you would come beside us and and, and let us rest in the green meadows but Jesus we are asking that you would carry us into resting places of nourishment carry us into resting places of nourishment do that for us. We need, we need you. We need you. We need you more than ever. I pray for every single person who's watching that there would be rest, God, that there would be rest to their bodies, and rest of their souls. I pray every single person on the other side of the screen that their eyes would be open to see you jesus our good and great and loving shepherd we love you so much and we pray this in the mighty name of jesus amen and amen well thank you so much for gathering with us today know that you have a shepherd in jesus who loves you who himself His heart and his nature is good towards you, and we could trust him and we could allow him to lead us. So choose him today, choose him tomorrow, choose him this week. Practice the ways of our shepherd. In the mighty name of Jesus, love you. We'll see you next week.